Welcome to Audio Academy's multilingual podcast. In this podcast, we talk to musicians and audio professionals alike about the industry. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, my name is Aman, and today I welcome to the Audio Academy podcast Tony Das. Hey, Tony. Hey, Aman. Thanks for having me. Well, what what's it been like for you in the lockdown? Um yeah so this lockdown you know it's it's barely just about started it's just been about a week i guess but it's quite a fully equipped lockdown you know not allowed to do much of anything but uh, that's okay I, you know i think everyone is really understanding about how that's what we needed to help uh, you know bring all the numbers down and everything and but uh, but yeah it's been okay i mean you know just uh, we had moved a lot of stuff online anyway since last year you know things like classes and uh, and even recordings and stuff like that so that's how we're continuing to do things okay that that's interesting moving classes and recordings online more on that but uh, before we go further why don't you tell us about yourself uh, let's see i was born in dubai spent the almost first 14 years of my life there and i came to bangalore and i've been in bangalore ever since and that would be the last uh for the last 26 years. Mm-hmm. So I've just given away how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> um I've been playing so I've been playing for the last 22 years. So that's a little bit of a a dishonest answer, but in the sense that I I did play before that for a few years, but it was mostly uh playing to accompany myself or somebody else when they were singing. So you know, uh, handful of chords and things like that you know we uh, i all of us my brothers and sisters and i have loved music since you know we were little kids so we grew up with music and we used to sing a lot and stuff like that but the uh, the real playing the real study of the instrument uh kind of started only about 1999 after i went for my i think was probably my first like proper rock show which was the the national law school uh festival it was called strawberry fields strawberry fields yes yeah so uh i was in the 11th at that time and i saw all these guys who were you know barely older than me mm-hmm. and they were playing at that time i used to play you know chords and accompany myself or whatever and i saw all these people who were you know playing such amazing guitar both covers and originals and you know whatever it is and before that i was of the opinion that you know if i play my my chords for like 20 years i'll be able to play like slash at the end of that or something right. but that's because i really had no direct contact with anyone who was a serious musician at the time and okay. uh so then i went there and i saw these guys now like wow you know i need to i need to get practicing and so then i went out and i bought a, a joe satriani album it was called flying in a blue dream and i bought a best of extreme album lovely and, and i started working out the songs on uh, on those two albums and that was really my first uh steps into you know like seriously studying the guitar and then i used to go down to the internet cafe and download text files of uh, because <laughs> those days it was text files you know there was no youtube or anything. Right, right. So I yes. download text files of scales and you know random theory like that, and start practicing those things, and yeah, 
that was 22 years ago wow so you did briefly mention about how you know you were surrounded by uh, a lot of musicians that you felt were better than you in some way or had had a skill that would uh, you know impress you yeah no so i was uh, not not surrounded uh, not surrounded really i encountered that when i went for the national law school gig because just before that we had started playing in the college acoustic band and you know we were we were we weren't really writing our own stuff we were playing stuff by um, you know the goo goo dolls Mm-hmm. and uh, oasis and brian adams you know all all like great music but yeah. uh nothing that was beyond the uh our ability of what we were able to do but then i went for this um uh, competition and there were guys like uh you know thermal and a quarter were there and uh molotov cocktail from chennai and you know a bunch of a bunch of bands and all of them were you know excellent and so far beyond our capability i say our as in uh, the my uh, my college acoustic band which was my brother myself and uh, our very dear friend powder okay um so yeah so everyone was like so far beyond any of our capabilities that it was just you know a, a kind of a a slap in the face you know but it was it was the the slap in the face that we needed to kind of wake up and say you know if you you can't just expect to do the same thing and get better you need to do uh something else it it's been said quite often by a lot of popular individuals that uh, surround yourself by people that are better than you and you'll probably keep challenging yourself so it's interesting that you bring that across yeah and in, in fact uh, i think there's lots of uh, musicians that uh, that recommend that one that comes to mind from an interview the guitarist steve morse mm-hmm. and he talked about you know uh, try to be the worst musician in the band <laughs> right it's you know kind of a, a backwards way of putting it but you know try to surround yourself by people who are who are better than you so that you're constantly learning stuff okay that that's fabulous um so you do wear a lot of hats in terms of making music you compose you perform you produce and even engineer i believe um that uh that's true quite a bit i try and um i try and not do the engineering part so much because <laughs> i am uh i'm not so good at it <laughs> as in i know what i like to be done but uh you know the whole i I'm, i'm guessing you know this very well from personal experience but the whole mixing thing is like a, a balancing act right so yep so i know what i like to hear but mm-hmm. getting there is <laughs> is uh slightly troublesome for me. Uh, I enjoy it. I mean I enjoy um I enjoy the you know what I learn during the whole process and it definitely every time I do it it does make me better. Mm-hmm. But so I've got the uh, I've got the Yamaha HS5s, uh, you know the small ones. Okay. Except I bought them when they were called the HS50. Uh so I've got those and so right. that you know I can do the bulk of the work on that. But uh especially lately I feel like I haven't space them out well because i feel like uh the stereo field is not really well represented because when i mix something on those and then i will listen in another source say in my car i mean you know which is not reliable of course but you know you can great songs sound great i mean anyway. yeah people do listen to music in cars so makes it makes it a good yeah, place to test your mix totally totally so So I will mix something here and I I think uh okay you know so that sounds 
that sounds you know acceptable it sounds good like uh, here's this is exactly the amount of reverb that i want for whatever this instrument or the whole mix or whatever then i take it to the car and i find that there's that i can hear a little bit more of the reverb there so i so i think i need to just recalibrate my speakers a bit mm-hmm. and also if you know these speakers uh, there's not much uh, low end going on so then i need to check on uh, a couple of headphones but then those headphones will be uh, you know substantial in the low end but they'll be missing something else so it's like i have to listen to one part of the frequency in each uh, source you know if something needs to get done in a hurry then i <laughs> i opt i opt out okay but uh, you know how do you manage to balance this whole technical side with say your creative or performance side you know so i can i can mix something simple and you know put it out there but i can't say that it would be the best mix it would be adequate you know mm-hmm. so but i think it's something that uh, every musician nowadays has to familiarize themselves with at least to some degree at least to the degree of of being adequate if not fantastic um unfortunately that is not ideal for um you know a piece of music whether it's an album or a single or whatever you don't want to just be just have an adequate mix you want the best representation of the music so in most cases when it's possible which which is most of the time i'd send something off to somebody else to mix especially when mm-hmm. it's stuff like you know uh the album like say the people tree album mm-hmm. for example most of it was recorded at audio academy yay <laughs> yay uh Uh, many years ago and uh, that was mostly the uh, the guitar and the drum and the bass tracks and then um, later we did the the vocals and the overdubs and the backing vocals uh, over the course of a few years we kind of put things off for a while right and uh, yeah so we released one of our songs first roshani kafile and we had uh, you know we had quite a bit of uh, of time before we planned that release so i i did the mix for that song and that was okay cuz you know i i had some time to sit and work and tweak and listen and listen and listen and listen mm-hmm. um, so we were able to fine tune it quite a bit but then when it came to the rest of the album if i had done that again it would have taken a lot of time so we entrusted it to sid sadat kamat our keyboard player who's an you know excellent keyboardist and uh, sure. and uh, composer himself and a great engineer also he does a lot of work in the uh, in the movie industry so um also i think he has learned that speed is <laughs> is often necessary so he can you know do stuff like mixing songs even stuff that has uh, a lot of elements uh, like some of the people tree stuff uh, he can do that way more quickly than i ever could quickly and he does an excellent job so uh, well wow. you know in cases like that we give uh the rest of the songs in the album for him to mix and then we got it mastered by Magic Garden Mastering a guy called Brian Lucy in the US who's an amazing uh guy amazing he's done amazing body of work mm-hmm. and yeah so you know as far as possible i will opt to send stuff off to uh people who are much more experienced in something like mixing than i can but when it comes to um stuff that is my own say you know whatever clips i'm putting up on instagram or you know songs that i'm writing with the intention of releasing by myself in the future you know some of that stuff is uh, has been going on for some time so i can sit and tweak 
and get things right slowly. So that stuff I like to do by myself, just because it's a it's a great learning process. Right, that's very much in line with you know. There's a whole bedroom producer culture where mm-hmm. uh, musicians are learning, which is in fact amazing that musicians are gaining this knowledge of uh, you know recording themselves and uh, doing basic things that uh, you know help their craft. So it's it's great that you have an insight on that. Yeah. Um... I mean, it's something you have to nowadays, whether you like it or not. Uh, you have to, because you know you have to learn the whole, the whole skill set. You know, right from composing the music to playing the instruments, if there are any instruments involved, composing and arranging and producing and mixing, all of those things. You kind of have to be able to do all of those things to make yourself viable as a as a professional these days. It's not even an option anymore. You have to, and if if you don't then you know you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot right right but, but again uh, i can't say that you should spend more time doing one or the other that is a you know that is a personal choice and decision and once perhaps once you feel like your the, your mixing skills are adequate for the kind of music that you do that you want to stop there you know you learn basic principles when you do all these things and as long as you have all those basic principles that can pretty much get you through most of most of the stuff that you do you know you don't need to necessarily learn extremely advanced techniques because at the end of the day you want to you know you want to convey the idea that you have in your head for the sound of the music that but when it gets when you get into um doing that for other people's music that's when i think maybe you need to you know you need to study the art of engineering and mixing a little further that that brings us to well today what is the reality of you know being say a performing musician in uh, the indian music scene or the indian indie music scene is there other things that are rewarding or upsetting uh, well you know as you know over the last year it's been kind of uh, dealt a, a crushing blow uh but again i think uh for most people who are in the uh industry so to speak in some way or the other you know whether it's independent musicians or musicians playing for um you know films bollywood or the local scene in whichever state i think we've always had to kind of hustle a bit for the most part uh so you know you mm-hmm. do your so say you have let's take like you said the independent scene let's take for example so you have your band in the independent scene so you go and you play gigs with your band unless you're you know one of the the top tier independent bands or you know one one of the most popular like take uh, ragu dikshit for example right so if you're a part of the ragu dikshit project uh, perhaps that's something that you could do you know uh, without having to do anything else um mm-hmm. but ordinarily speaking if you want someone like that who has a packed touring schedule it might be hard to actually make a living a lot of people get into it thinking that you know oh i'm going to play with my band and uh, that's all i'm going to do but then you quickly find out that that's not that that's not possible so you kind of diversify into other things you know teaching is one of those things that's uh, that's very common and that you often see you you teach as well right Ah uh, yes I do. What what's that been like over the lockdown? Uh I was I was reluctant to get started mm-hmm. because uh you know it's just just another online thing that you know I wasn't 
I, I was just, you know, I'm, I'm just old and grumpy and, you know, uh, not quick to adapt to change. But, uh, but once I did, you know, it's, it's definitely not the real experience. Nothing beats being in the same space with someone. Mm-hmm. But it's more than adequate. Uh, you know, it's, you can convey ideas. You can teach new concepts and things like that. There's, you know, there is some benefit to being in the same place because you can actually physically manipulate, uh, speaking about the guitar, you can manipulate someone's hands on the guitar to kind of make sure that they're doing the right thing the right way. It takes a right, little more time sure. to do that on a camera, but but it can also be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's great. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I quite enjoy it now. And, it, you know, I can see myself doing it this way for the most part rather than doing regular lessons because you know nobody wants to get stuck in traffic for like an hour either way you know true true so there's a definite huge benefit to that so i was thinking you know once things go back to normal i think i'll continue with the online thing but maybe you know maybe once a month we could do a real class okay yeah so it's it's been fun i've gotten some new students and uh i've reconnected with some old friends actually uh Okay. Who uh, want wanted to, you know, push their musicianship, uh, or rather build their musicianship and you know build areas they were lacking in terms of theory and stuff like that. So yeah, it's been uh, it's been great. It's uh, been a way to keep busy. Also, yeah, no complaints. Unlike <laughs> unlike before, I had to start doing it. <laughs> then I was all about the complaints, but now no complaints at all. That's great. You briefly mentioned about uh, Slash and Josat. Mm-hmm. and uh, do you want to talk more about your inspirations maybe just just how you picked up the guitar and why the guitar per se um when i was in dubai i went to a music school there called the dubai music school just for about um gosh it might have been eight classes during the summer holidays oh okay uh, it was a great school run by two really nice guys uh miles and giles perry who were Uh, sons of very famous at that time Glenn Perry in mm-hmm. in India he had a couple of videos and music videos on MTV and stuff like that so these two teachers were his kids and they were they were great teachers they were very patient and very knowledgeable uh, so we went for a few classes and they kind of encouraged you know just the enthusiasm about the whole thing so you know you go there and you pick up a guitar for the first time and you play uh, you know strings number 1 2 3 and 6 and then back right. and you're playing you're playing nothing else matters you know and you're like wow and they're like yeah you know nothing else matters so if you do this you play the rest of it and you know so then they weren't stuck on the idea that you know first class you need to learn how to read this and that they were more trying to encourage the enthusiasm that that students had right so so i guess that's why the guitar because my uh my dad he was kind of like you know you guys have a bunch of free time so i think you should do music class and we were like no we don't want to do music class we want to stay at home and play computer games <laughs> but he was like chop you go to music class so we went for these few classes just before school started and uh, yeah that's i i think that's why we got started i mean i think we just had the one radio station there as in a um, an english radio station mm-hmm. and um it was great because they played everything you know they played american top 40 they played the uk top 40 they played they had a an hour for classical music they had an hour for uh new age music by the way what what is one thing you wish you had known uh say before uh, you became a professional musician 
Nothing really. I never had any uh, unreasonable expectations of what it meant to be a professional musician. Because before, uh, before jumping into this full-time as a professional musician, I did play in a band called Mixed Root Jam. Okay. Which was a, you know, a great bunch of people. Uh, we were all really great friends. And so we, we had done the, you know, the performance and the live music thing for quite some time before I actually got into it uh, full-time, which was in, towards the end of 2005. Uh, I mean, that's when I became a full-time musician. Uh, so that's what, that's 16 years now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. But uh, but yeah, so, you know, I had gotten an idea of what the whole whole thing was like, although the scene was very different then. Um, but I had gotten an idea. And so I didn't really, I I, I think I really didn't go into it with uh, any, any expectations. expectations at all, not even unrealistic expectations. I didn't go in with any expectations, I think. Well, that's, that's so, definitely something to take away to uh, not maybe enter with expectations. Yeah, I was just about to say that. So if there was one piece of advice I would give, it would be that, you know, just don't have any expectations of uh, of anything. I mean, like, you know, don't think, okay, I'm going to be a musician now and I'm going to be this big, huge star and everyone's going to, you know, throw their underwear at me and, you know, stuff like that. But that's not, because firstly, you don't want other people's dirty underwear. And secondly, <laughs> uh, that's not even going to happen in the first place. Just you know, stick to what you do and try and learn as much as you can. Oh, I know what I know what I do because now that I think of it, uh, something did strike me. So you know, before I'd say that before you you leave home or uh, you know stop studying or you know before you get into this thing, just learn as much as you can because you know once you start doing this thing and once you start living on your own and you have your own place and all kinds of other responsibilities, it's not going to be as easy at all to learn new things. So just learn as much as you can in terms of music theory. Uh, I'd say, you know, I'd say, when I say learn as much as you can, I'd say just related to music because um, hmm. I think stuff like um, mixing and engineering, you can only, you know, learn that with practice and you can learn a lot on the job. So, uh, that you can learn as you go, I think. But when it comes to music, I think, um, you know, there's so many small uh, things that differentiate, you know, one scale from another or one chord from another, one sound from another. So just get as much experience with those things and drill as much as you can of that stuff into your head before you get out because it's going to get really hard to have the kind of focus that you need to learn those things once you start living the what can be quite erratic kind of lifestyle of right. of being a full-time musician. Right, right, right. For sure. Do you have uh, any practices to help you stay creative? Nothing that I can I can think of. I, I just, sometimes I sit and I, uh, a lot of the time I aimlessly noodle on the guitar, which is not very productive. But uh, I think a good creative practice is I'm going to sit. And you know, especially nowadays, we all have the luxury of having a computer with some software that you can record on you know record multiple tracks and you know fully flesh out an idea and stuff like that so i think a great creative practice is just to force yourself and sit in front of your computer or even not your computer even if you're just going to record something on your phone just sit and try and create something just act on it yeah just create something like sit with your instrument for a little while come up with an idea that you think that you like and put that down and then 
you know, build around that. Even if it doesn't turn into something that you're going to use, I think I think that's a really good exercise because, uh, especially for me, a lot of the time when I've done that, it's that's where uh, most of the songs that we've ever done have have come from. You know, like a lot of the a lot of the people tree stuff was that because a lot of the people tree stuff was stuff I had written for uh, a previous band I was in that you know that didn't get used. Uh, we kind of parted ways before any of that could be done. Mm-hmm. But it was just that I I said okay now I'm going to write something. I sat down and started with a small idea, and then built on something, and then built on something else, and built on something else, and they turned into pretty much fully fully finished demos, except for say except vocals or something. But um, yeah, I'd say just make yourself sit down. You know, even if even if it's too uh, draining to try and do that every day, uh, don't do it every day. You know, designate some time in a week. But I think. That's uh, something to just something to work on. That's great. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I hope we can do this again sometime. Maybe I cannot talk so much, and maybe you can talk a bit. A bit also. <laughs> no, no, I I loved hearing you talk, so I'd I'd do it again. <laughs> thank you so much. And uh, yeah, take care. Thanks. Bye. Andy. If you enjoyed that conversation, stay tuned for more interesting chats. You can find more information on our website as well as our social media pages. Just follow the links in the description. Thank you for listening and stay safe.